Eric. I'm not done eating my Jolly Rancher. No, I know. Oh, well, here, finish your Jolly Rancher, and I'll put. I'll disperse these throughout the main intro song. And no, it's be cool. Funny. I'm fine. Okay, I'm done now. I swallowed it whole. I swallowed the whole Jolly Rancher, Eric. <laughs> Don't do. <laughs> Okay. Hi, everybody. There's got to be room sound in there somewhere. Hi, everybody. Hi, Katie. Hello. How's it going? I wasn't done with my Jolly Rancher. No, it's okay. I wasn't done fidgeting and stuff. We need to make uh, just one. We've recorded a hundred and something, 120 episodes now. We should make an entire podcast that is just all the stuff before That's, we officially start. I kind of like that idea, actually. it's like coughs and... Jolly Rancher swallowing and it's dog true. petting. Just fucking funny. like an ASMR sensory nightmare. <laughs> yeah, it really Some is. Weird I've actually had mouth to... sounds and burps. That is one thing. I feel like there's like, like fetish content in there somewhere too. Oh, yeah, there's got to be. And burps. Oh, there's got to be. Like, <laughs> I do wonder. Uh, this is a this is an 18 plus comment here. So if you have children in the room, maybe uh, don't listen to this next 30 like seconds. And hum. But I do wonder. Like we were talking about how it's made. Um, yeah. the show how it's made. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, I used to masturbate to that when I was a teenager. And you were like, what? <laughs> you believe just... you said that on the podcast. <laughs> I know. That's I'm, an inside uh, thought, uh, Eric. Hey, well, you, I can cake it out. Is your podcast too? Nope. Okay, Keep it in. It in. Uh, but you um, need to explain. Well, I was gonna. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, I'm just leaving it there. Okay. No, that's not true. But, you know, I, anyways, I used to, it's because it used to be on when I would get home from school in like seventh or eighth grade. And, you know, I would rub one out when i got home because <laughs> i was at school all day and i was yeah. a horny little 13 year old yeah that's fair and so i would go to my basement and i would just that show would just that was all, what was on after school and so i would watch it i would put it on so that my parents would think i was just watching tv but then i would but uh you weren't you know, actually watching tv but i was you were actually. making something and else. then I, w- I mean i would watch it afterwards yes. but <laughs> and uh Eric, do you think that i should have said that no i remember no, 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 whatever no. you know no do you think if you put on an episode of how it's made do you think that your body would be like hey i sort of want to test it for science maybe like maybe i really want to test it for science this is a weird way to start an episode this hi everybody it's me katie Soros. <laughs> it's alone, it's me dude. Uh, i can cut all of that out if you want sweetie no, it's I, okay i say we leave it 2023 okay. is the year where our podcast becomes what we want it to be and sometimes we're going to talk about jerking off to how yeah, it's made this is what it is yep. um but what i really want to talk about today <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, we can't. How do we have to ever have serious guests on this? A guest, a fucking V, esteemed from V from Under the Desk News, who yeah. we had on like a year ago now at this point, yeah. but they're fucking great. Um, they just met the president, yeah, and this is the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> like they were guests podcast. podcast, and then met the president. Yep. <laughs> Anywho, you know we should have on. We should have Don Marshall on. I would love to have Don. How we not thought Don Marshall on and just have him hit us with his most obscure Lord of the Rings facts. Oh yeah, I would love to have Don Marshall. Oh, I bet I could text him. Yeah, I'll sure. text him. Please do. Well, I don't feel like oh, Don I do have Don Marshall. Yeah, yeah, you should text him. This is just a flex. Me flexing on having Don Marshall's number. It's fine. <laughs> Don Marshall. I. What a guy. First off, Don Marshall ninety two on TikTok. If you don't know who that is, he's the obscure Lord of the Rings facts guy. Um, and I followed him when he had like a thousand followers, and he is just is the most wholesome i mean i don't know him really personally so i don't want to claim that i do but like he's when he's uh, when i see him be successful it makes me like insanely happy he knows all the hobbits he does he knows every single hobbit (laughs) we're we're like two degrees away from all the hobbits the entire fellowship really yeah they all will they all wore his shirt yeah his literally his branded shirt yeah crazy i mean 
Yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm so like, I'm like, I'm like, I have no right to be, but I'm like proud of Don Marshall. I'm like, I'm just like, you go, man. Yeah, me too, man. You I mean, love the things that you love and you be interested in the things that you're interested in. And they'll invite you to fucking Amazon premieres of television shows and shit. Yeah. And I mean, there's such, it's, it's all so fundamentally based on joy. Like he just clearly loves it so much. Loves Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And Tolkien so much. Um, and what a weird year for him. Like started his year, just a normal year. And then he made a video that popped off. Yeah. And he just, every time the, there was a pitch, <laughs> he just hit it out of the park every fucking time. I'm I just trying on every I time, but so I'm just like really proud of him. Yeah, I think it's just great. Everything. He's the, he's the best. If you're going to be an obscure facts guy, what type of obscure facts would you do? I don't know. Cook. I'm tempted to say either cooking or classical music, but That's I don't know. I don't, right now I don't know enough about anything to like, I have obscure facts lying around, but you not got, like that you level got on food and cooking. Yeah, that's You've a good got one. an entire TikTok account sitting on the shelf downstairs. I know. I was thinking about doing a series where I just clear shit up. Like, this is what gelatin is, you know, because a lot of that stuff is it's almost one of the most frustrating parts about working in a kitchen is getting insufficient answers. Yeah. Like, I once asked, I still don't know the answer to this, actually. I need to look this up, like, right after this podcast. But when you store, like, cut lettuce, like, for Caesar salads, you always put a wet rag in the bottom and the top. Right. of whatever contained like a damp rag and i asked the chef who taught me that why and he said because if it was dry it wouldn't really do anything and like <laughs> to him that was an answer like he wasn't being dismissive like that was his answer he said if it was because if it was dry it wouldn't really do anything but to me it was like that doesn't because <laughs> well, it's like, like a plant it's like it's yeah. you know, keeping your plant moist so the ledges don't get brown yeah. yeah which makes a lot of sense yeah. but like i was really i remember there's another time where I was cooking a steak and uh, it was supposed to be mid rare. And one of the servers who was also a very qualified chef um, was sitting in the past, like on the other side of the window waiting. Um, and they saw it and they said, that's overcooked. And they like, they're a really good chef. So like, I wasn't offended by any means. They're way better than me. They still are. <laughs> so I was like, really, how can you tell? Cause he was like, from across the restaurant pretty much. He could just look and tell that it was. And I checked and yeah, he was right. Um, so I said, how, how can you tell? And he said, because of the way that it looks. And I was like, dude, come on. <laughs> like, you gotta give me something, man. What? And then my next chef was a chemist and that was amazing. That's. But anyway, I just talked about myself for a long time. That's but... great. I didn't know. I'm glad that I know what the past is now. Cause I, I was, can't stop thinking about that shitty movie we watched last night. Yeah. I'm so mad about it. Katie, I'm just letting you know, if we bring up that movie, I might just like rant this whole fucking podcast i don't want to like take Eric, over the podcast we, but i would just like to say that i once ranted to you for over 60 minutes about the turkey and a christmas carol you did and you sat there patiently and you asked me a lot of like leading questions so i could like talk more about it so if you want to rant about a bradley cooper movie for the next 20 <laughs> minutes i support you in this endeavor but you do have to pass me your water bottle because okay, i'm cheers. thirsty will do also speaking of that episode um i just remastered it because we were listening to it in the car <laughs> and i was way worse at audio editing when we did that two years ago um than i am now so we i just remastered sitting it. in your like echoey ass california apartment yeah, on the couch yeah. and i remember very specifically i like my feet tucked under your butt and i was really cozy yeah. i remember well, was, that i think it was the last time you were there before no, it wasn't. It was when I had just started really packing for the yeah. move. So it was yeah, just it a was big like empty, empty. echoey yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yes, there's this movie. It's called Scorched. Burnt. Burnt. Burned. Burned. Fuck, we shouldn't know the name <laughs> no, of the I movie. don't even care. It's it called like Burned or Burnt yeah, it's or the some Bradley Scorched movie. or uh, Crispy. I don't know. Some shit. It's on Netflix. This is in the top 10 right now. Yeah. It's, it's bullshit. Trending. It's a bullshit ass movie. 
got Bradley Cooper in it. It's got Emma Thompson in it. It's got Uma Thurman in it. And you'd hear that cast and you go, oh, wow. what a good and glorious movie. It's a piece of shit. Yeah, it's got unknown actors that you probably won't recognize, but they're fucking great. Like, I yeah, feel everybody that- in that movie did a great job. Oh, yeah. The problem is with the movie itself. Eric, would you like to explain? Yeah, and I just, I, I got to do my qualifier, which you also just did, but... I just want to because I feel that because people worked really hard on that movie and most of the people who did work on the movie everybody did a really, did a really good. good job. Yeah. Like it's a it's like it is a well made, well produced, well acted yeah. movie. Acting is incredible. With Lighting is incredible. Glaring flaw. Just the plot in general, <laughs> the writing. So basically, it's a movie about a cook, um, played by, by by Bradley Cooper, the chef, um, who got really good at cooking in Paris, and then something that you do, you don't really know the details, but like something happened in he, Paris. He got addicted to meth. Yeah, well, it was, yeah, it was clearly it was drug related, but you yeah. just sort of in the beginnings of the movie, you find out that like he left Paris and like fucked over a lot of people in doing so. Um, but he was, yeah, he was an addict. Um, and so he wasn't, didn't, didn't, he wasn't even really aware of what he did, but he knew that he did a bunch of bad shit. Um, and so it's two, like two years later and he's now like getting back in the game and it's about that. Um, and the whole movie is, it's a lot of like chef porn, a lot of food porn where it's just like, you know, the romanticized kitcheny type thing. Um, a lot of, I've never said this word out loud before, but trauma porn where it's just like display. Yeah. As a whole thing. Um, but it's basically a movie where a guy who's a piece of shit. And I want to point out very that he's not a piece of shit because he's an addict. That's not, it's different. Like addiction yeah. is a disease. He's not a piece of shit. Cause he's an addict. He's a piece of shit. Cause he's a dick to everybody he's, around he's, him all the time. It is a movie where toxic masculinity is glorified to the point where the entire plot of the movie is this toxic ass abusive doucher is like marginally nicer to the people around him. And therefore it's a happy ending. Yeah. They like paint it as a win that this piece of shit becomes kind of less like of a piece of shit. Physically assaulting people in the kitchen. <laughs> exactly. And isn't he, isn't it? It's just powerful movie Ugh. about change, which isn't that just the most and male cis white oh privilege fucking like, well, we're sitting here, we're watching this movie piece of shit and we all applaud. We're like, like watching this movie and just, it's like, it's like, the whole like I think what we should do, Eric, I'm I'm serious about this, is I feel like we should do we should record a watch along track. Oh yeah. We should we should put it on the Patreon. Oh yeah, we used to do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We should a do a watch along track where we just like talk about it. Yeah. Because it's fascinating. It's this movie and it's really set up to be like, oh, he's conflicted. Like, oh, he's dealing with stuff and he's like a chef and he's fans. But he's a jerk yeah like I was, he's i wasn't rooting for him for a moment he's the entire like movie. mean and abusive and shitty and like they there's like this woman in the movie and she's also like a really talented chef and he like coerces her into coming to work for him by getting her fired from her other she job goes, behind, goes to her boss who sorry i don't want to interrupt no, you, okay. please, no, you no, no no you go well so he goes he goes to her boss one in the beginning of the movie it's sort of him showing up places at like really fancy yeah, restaurants. Like he's like getting the Avengers back together. Yeah, basically. Much. Yeah. It's very much like but he like coerces the Avengers in like really shitty ways. Exactly. It was all in bad faith. Like yeah. he did all of it by manipulating them and fucking them over. So like the, um, Helen is her name. Yeah. Uh, the, the female chef, um, she worked at this place and he says, Hey, come work for me. I'll triple your salary. And she says like, no, I love my job. I love where I work, you know, no, thank you. And that was it. And then he goes to her boss who we've established that not only does he know, but when he saw her boss, like the owner of that restaurant and the earlier in the movie, he was like, holy shit. It's he's like a God in the cooking world. So everybody's like, knows him and is afraid of him. 
Um, so he presumably goes behind her back and gets him to fire her. So she has no choice yeah. but to go work for him. And it's painted as like a nice thing. It's like, no, dude. Yeah, it's like, she's oh, a he, kid. He like challenged her and he like pushes her to like be a better. And like, no, he like non-consensually got this woman to lose her job. And then there's an entire plot point. I don't even care that we're spoiling this movie. But no. There's this whole ass plot point where this woman has a daughter and Every year she gets her daughter's birthday off so she can throw her daughter a birthday party. So she, she get, goes. She gets the daytime. The day, so like, the lunch yeah, shift. So she shift. still comes she in She gets later. a single shift off like once a year at this like fancy restaurant that she was working at. So she could throw her daughter a birthday party. And it was like a big thing. and Everybody knows about it. So she goes to him. And she's like, hey, man, I used to get the day off so I could like throw my kid a birthday party. Can I do that? And he's like, no, you're too good and you're indispensable. And it's your fault for being too good at your job. So you can't have the day off. Yeah, he's so like, oh. then she goes to the manager of the restaurant who's also in love with Bradley Cooper. And it's like an entire whole. Fu- there's yeah, a never, whole fucking. That, I would have been I, there for that. If, I, if it well, turns I out that he, a, the reason he was frustrated is because he was closeted gay and then he meets yeah, this other guy. That okay. And like he, he like yeah. softens him and they like whatever. I would have been there for that. But I have a whole rant about that relationship. But anyway, I mean, that relationship so, was so fucking toxic. She goes shit to too. The, the, the manager and she's like, can you watch my kid? Because Bradley Cooper wouldn't give me the day off. And he's like, sure. So he brings the kid to the restaurant. So then the maitre d' goes to the restaurant with the chef's daughter. So they're in the restaurant while the mom is working in the kitchen. And so then he comes back and he's like, the maitre d' is like, hey, Bradley Cooper, I need you to make me a cake. And the idea is that everybody in the kitchen is mad at him for like not giving Helen the day off. And so they like make Bradley Cooper make her a cake. And it's supposed to be like, oh, he learned a valuable lesson about like teamwork and like whatever. And oh, he makes her a cake. But then there's this scene. There's this scene where he like brings a cake to the table and he and this kid have this like 20 minute fucking conversation while Helene is standing in the fucking doorway of the goddamn kitchen watching the man who would not give her the day off so she could spend it with her daughter spend the day with the fucking daughter. I was like, this movie is complete fucking bullshit and it's supposed to be like, oh, it's personal growth. Like, oh, he like learned like, oh, he's he's good with kids and like and oh, he's the love interest of Helene. So clearly, like the kid and him have to have a relationship, but they do it in like the shittiest way. Oh, my God. I fucking hate this movie so much. I was so mad the whole time. That was ugh. it was. Yeah. And she doesn't even like she's in like full garb, too. She's yeah. like standing in the window like she doesn't even like come out. She like barely leaves her station. She's like smiling. She's ugh. like, oh, that Bradley Cooper. Like, <laughs> it's fucking bullshit. But the reason I think these types of movies really fucking shred me is one. I was a cook. Um context in case you're a new listener um i was a cook for eight years before i started doing this um i started at a small place i started getting better and worked at various places i ended up in a lot of like pretty high level restaurants i never worked at like a michelin star restaurant but i was you know close to that um uh, mo- a lot of which were fucking amazing with really nice awesome people um some of which were horrifying and traumatic in the way that you see in movies um so there's that it's like personal to me Um, but also there's a generation, I remember being a 12, 13 year old boy and trying to figure out what, you know, being a quote unquote man was and what, like all these boys around me are behaving in certain ways. Like, who am I? How should I behave? Um, and there's like a phase that you go through where you think it's about like chest pounding and being the toughest and being the most confident and the most whatever, and being able to kick anybody's ass and whatever. It's like pure toxic masculinity basically and hopefully 
you do that and then pretty quickly, maybe after like a couple years or hopefully immediately, you go, oh, that's fucking stupid and an awful way to interact with the world. It causes a lot of hurt, not just for me, but for the people around me. I'm not going to do that. No, thank you. That's the what you should. That's what hopefully happens. Um, but where it starts is you start getting when you, you know, you start 12, 13, trying to figure out what being a man is because you've been told there's like this whole be a man thing, but nobody ever tells you what that is. Or if, if they do, if anybody does tell you what that is, it's likely that they have really shitty opinions about it. <laughs> the only people who tell you what being a man is are the ones who think it means like kicking ass and, you know, harassing people. But anyways, all of that is very heavily influenced by the media that we see. Um, and if you don't get out of that, then you just get stuck in this spiral of seeing the people, the, the cool chefs on TV, whatever, being masculine and toxic and whatever, and thinking, see, that is what being a man is. <laughs> and the only reason I, you know, everybody in my life doesn't like it is because the people in my life are wrong or whatever. It doesn't, it just reinforces this toxic masculine thing. And the culinary, the high, you know, fine culinary world is one of a few professions and sort of environments where abuse is glorified and romanticized. It's not like the color, the classical music world is another one. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot, but um, it's glorified and romanticized um, by me too. I mean, I'm complicit. Like when I look back, I enjoy telling the stories of, you know, the abuse that I suffered in Napa and whatnot um, because it's interesting and, and whatnot, but in a way I romanticize it. Um, but yeah, movies like that, I'm okay with movies like that. If the moral at the end is that's not fucking necessary and don't do that. And you know, whatever. And this movie kind of goes in that direction, but it's, I mean, they montage it. at the yeah, They're exactly. like, Oh, it's a nice, like, it's like they spend the entire movie being like, this dude is a monumental piece of shit. And one of the things that I thought was really interesting, again, I don't give a shit that I'm spoiling this movie because it just filled my body with rage. But there's like this point where you're like, oh, he's changing. And then like the fucking restaurant reviewers come and then he just starts being an asshole to everybody and everything like goes downhill. And it's like and then, you know, that's supposed to be his like, quote unquote, rock bottom. But like the moral of the of the movie really ultimately becomes like you can basically treat everybody like anybody how you want as long as at the end of the day you're successful and it's not a good message it you know really and it's point. like yeah the the restaurant works better once he starts being nice to people but it's like the bars on the fucking like i cannot yeah. like okay dear listeners i cannot stress enough the love interest the love interest of this movie he gets her fired then he coerces her into working at this restaurant because um she's she's desperate she has a daughter and he's like well i'll pay you a whole bunch of money so she has to say he, yes he like mr beasts her into yeah. working where yeah. like he knows she's poor and needs the money so he's like i'll get her fired and then offer a bunch of money now she can't say no. yeah like, and and then like their whole like sort of like romantic thing starts when he's like well you're the only girl i know so you have to come to this party oh, with yeah. me which is like okay and there's like a lot of like really weird unnecessary like sexual comments about like how she's pretty or like whatever that's like this is her job like what are you doing but then like their relationship starts with the restaurant opens and it goes very poorly and he physically assaults her mm -hmm. in the kitchen for like a minute like he shoves her like for like an extended yeah, he shove shoves her and then grabs her by like the, the front shirt. of her shirt and like lifts her towards him yeah and i'm like 
that's that's the love story that you're setting up is like oh he was just so passionate that he put his fucking hands right? on her like, like you what? should go to jail for that like what that but is... in the kitchen it's like oh he's oh, a but tough chef but, but it's bow. okay it's okay because he's passionate it's okay because he's passionate it's okay because everybody cares really hard i'm like what the yeah. fuck are you and doing there's a scene, the scene that ma- really made me like go from being like okay this movie is making me mad but like it's invoking a reaction that's what art is supposed to do okay the the moment that made me really like mad yeah. at the movie was there's a scene when um all right quick chef cooking kitchen stuff um in the kitchen there's something called an expo expo it's short for expediter um and they stand at the pass which is the cooks make all the food the and then they pass it to the servers who then take it to the customers the place where they put it but the the finished complete dishes for the server to take is called the pass or the window in this movie they call it the pass um, so the expo stands at the pass. That's generally where the highest ranking member of the kitchen stands. That's where either the chef de cuisine is or the sous chef, whoever the highest ranking member of the kitchen is, that's where they stand because they're the, they're the conductor of the it's kitchen. Sort of like the final thing before the food goes out. Exactly. Okay. They, they are, they, they fire things, which means they tell people exactly what to make and exactly when. Um, and they're also, yes, they are, they give it the last check before it actually goes out. So it's a very important thing to do. Um, so at the end of every shift, which was kind of a cool bit of realism, um, at the end of every shift, generally the highest ranking member of a kitchen has shit to do. They have to go take inventory. They have to go fill invoices. They have to go do chef stuff. I don't know. So then they'll give it to the person that's directly beneath them, usually the sous chef, um, who will then finish out the shift. They'll work the pass while they go back to usually back to the office to do mysterious chef stuff. Amateur shit. Usually have a glass of wine or yeah. something. Um, so anyways, it's that phase. Um, so Bradley Cooper's character is now in the office doing chef stuff. I think he's working on a cake recipe or something. Um, and Helen is at the pass and something gets put up next to her, you know, so the pass in this movie, and also at really high dining places, um, that's where a lot of plating happens. So the cooks will make the components of the dish, um, and put them on, um, sizzle pans, which are these little metal pans. And then they'll put like a napkin or a sea fold down beneath it to catch like juices and stuff. And so that's called a, they call that a diaper in, in the kitchen <laughs> actually, or a landing pad. Um, but you put it next to them so they check each individual component and then assemble the dish themselves and then put it up. So anyway, she was doing that. Um, it's quality control thing. So she was doing that and somebody puts up, I think it was like scallops or something, puts up a sizzle pan. It was the fucking fish because that oh, was like the right. recurring, it was fish. It doesn't matter, it but was it was fish. Thing, right. So yeah. it was fish. Um, one of the other characters that you've met puts it next to her and she looks at it and goes, no, like, no, she just shakes her head and goes, no. She taps it and he looks back like confused. Now, now I just want to point out at this point in the movie, we have seen Bradley Cooper do this a million times. Yeah. And when Bradley Cooper, like, even barely shakes his head, the cook just goes, I'm sorry, chef, and takes yeah. it and, and also, moves. But also, like, smashing plates, throwing oh, yeah. shit across the oh, kitchen, yeah. physically assaulting people. Mm-hmm. Bradley Cooper's like, oh, oh, sorry, chef. Yes, chef. Thank you, chef. Like, right. That's sorry. like, uh, I'm here to learn from him, so I yeah. have to endure whatever. So anyway, so continue. You have to live the life. So the only woman chef in the kitchen right. uh, says... The only woman chef in the kitchen does exactly what we've been seeing Bradley Cooper do this whole time. When first, when she does it like respectfully, he doesn't listen to her immediately. He like stands there like confused. And then he goes, well, and then she, he talks back to her. And so she takes this and she throws it like smashes against the wall. And she goes, it's fucking raw, you know, or whatever. And does the thing again. That's not okay. But we've seen Bradley Cooper do that a million times during this movie. And every time it's like, oh, he's the passionate chef. And all the cooks are like, oh, we're here to learn from him. And it's painted as, like the next, like immediately after that, it's like, hey, 
something's up with Halan. Like she's not okay. Yeah. She's whatever. She's like, being such a bitch. Yeah, like it's like yeah. What? Actually, no. They they call her a bitch. She says yeah. she's acting like a bitch. And I was like, uh, and I was like, still like, okay, maybe in this movie, we're gonna like this is a commentary on that, but it wasn't. It was just that on its face. The writers of the movie did that expecting the audience to go what's up with this fucking pardon my language but like uppity bitch you know yeah. whatever like, it's like they oh, did we that liked on purpose her when she was nicer like and it's a, jesus god Christ. why don't you just like, fucking tell her to smile more she'd be prettier or whatever like, like jesus Christ. that's when it was like okay that was fucked up like from a story writing perspective like they did that not to like draw contrast to go like oh they, look it's really hard for women in in the kitchens because when they act the way that men do people fucking do all this shit like although to, that is the lesson that I'm fucking taking from it. Yeah. Although I already knew that. Um, <laughs> but like that pissed me off so much that that was like well, a story it, device that they used being like, oh, look, she's not OK. She's not OK. She's acting like he's been acting this whole fucking time. Like, oh, sorry. I'm, yeah, I'm just mad about it, it. And then it's supposed to be like and, and they try and like salvage it, I think, because like the scene is like, oh, well, you're being a negative influence on her. And like you're changing her in this way that like isn't good for her. But it's like, first off, she's a whole ass person with agency. Like, right. that's her decision. You know what I mean? But then also, it's just like this idea that it's like, oh, well, she's not nice anymore. So, like, we don't want to work with her. Like, we liked her when she was nice and <sighs> docile. Like, what are you doing? Like, fuck you guys, dude. Oh, I mean, my God. I also, I want to, like, the, the reason all of these characters are even associated with Bradley Cooper's character is because he socially engineered a fucked up thing to make it so that they had no other choice yeah like uh helan gets her fired offers her a lot of money knows she needs the money knows she has a daughter she has no other choice gets her to work for him asshole move um tony uh played by the guy who plays zemo in in civil war i don't remember i know the, the actor's name um who's the maitre d of the restaurant oh that was him no, was that's him. Yeah, where zemo. i saw that guy from um maitre d of the restaurant um he says he's the best maitre d in all of europe um he calls like calls in a favor to like the most brutal food critic in London uh, and invites her to go eat at his restaurant. And, and uh, Bradley Cooper does. Bradley Cooper invites her to eat at Tony's restaurant, not yeah. Bradley Cooper's restaurant, knowing that she's going to fucking shred him because he just ate there. He saw the menu. He knows that she doesn't like that and she's going to fucking shred him. So he goes and he's there and he full, he shows up in the kitchen in full garb and says, you know, if you don't let me cook for her, she's going to I don't remember what he uses. He says he's going to destroy you. Yeah. Like, you know, if you don't hire me as your executive chef or CDC or whatever right now, you're done. And he's right. And so that's how he ends up in yeah. charge of the kitchen. It's like, motherfucker. Uh, another guy. Um, The one guy he Michelle. doesn't. Michelle. Which, okay. I have a yeah. whole. Please, please. Okay. So there's this character and his name is Michelle. And it is important to the story that he is black because he's like the only black person in the entire movie. And so he so so Bradley Cooper, like he shows back up in Paris or whatever, and they immediately fight. They start like fighting in the alley. And it's clear like these guys have beef with each other. And it's like, OK, fine. And so what what you find out is that Bradley Cooper put like the, Michelle opened a restaurant and then he uh, Bradley Cooper put rats in Michelle's restaurant on opening night and then called the health inspector and got it shut down. Destroyed this dude's life. Yeah, you don't come back. From that. 
That's... Like he don't come back from that, right? So he's like, "Oh, sorry about that. Uh, will you come work for me in my kitchen?" And 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 the guy's like, "Yeah, you know what? Water under the bridge." And so what basically winds up happening is that is the the Shyamalan plot twist is that the Michelin like reviewers show up to Bradley Cooper's new restaurant and Michelle sabotages it. But yeah, <laughs> I just feel like when everybody else. Everybody else in the movie is like these these like mediocre white people doing shitty fucked up things. You're going to make the villain like there is just a lack of like critical thinking there that I feel like reflects poorly. But then even more than that, it's like he's supposed to be the bad guy because he sabotages the food. He puts a bunch of like cayenne pepper in the food critics food to like ruin it. And so then now Bradley Cooper is like ruined and he's not going to get his Michelin star. But but they make it like this, like, oh, he's like this conniving, shitty guy who's been like, you know, duplicitously two timing Bradley Cooper the whole time. And like, what a fucking monster. And I'm like, no, Bradley Cooper ruined this man's life. Like, like and they show. And the, the other thing that I don't understand about this movie is that we're supposed to be on on Bradley Cooper's side. We're supposed to be rooting for Bradley Cooper. But they show the process. They show the entire movie is about how hard it is to open a restaurant and how hard it is to like do that and come up with the dishes and come up with the menu and like and go through all the bullshit. And this guy did it. Michelle did this, did it successfully, open his own restaurant. Bradley Cooper takes that all away from him. And then we're supposed to be like, oh, that scamp. Like, right. What if? fucking monster like and, and, and they're like oh but he was an addict so like oh it's sad and i'm like no like you like hmm. he still did the things <laughs> he still did he the did things. things and it's just like and like but what lesson are we supposed to take from that because it's, it's so fucked up yeah i mean another so another thing is so he was an addict in uh france leaves he's sober for like two years i think at the, yeah, at the start he says of the like movie. two years and six months yeah something like that um but he still has a big debt to like drug dealers in france so the whole movie there's this recurring thing where these drug dealers will show up at the restaurant and beat the shit out of him, basically. <laughs> um, and it's, it's a whole thing. Um, and Oh, I forgot about this part. Do you yeah. know how he gets out of it? You know how he gets out of it? A woman pays his debt. That's it. It was the, it was the yeah. daughter of a guy he used to work for, and she was like, hey, and she was like, oh, I'm clean too, and then she just pays his debt. Yeah. He's fine. Like, that's it. But they she's just, pretty. But she's pretty. And like, they used to fuck. So. And they used to fuck. Yeah. And it's sort of like, oh, wow. I was sort of thinking, I kept thinking like, um, of the uh, Ryan George pitch meetings. Like, so wow. Like, how is he going to get out of that one? I bet he's going to have to do a lot of personal growth to get out of that. <laughs> no, <laughs> super easy. Barely an inconvenience. Easy, barely an inconvenience. <laughs> uh, don't flame him. Just, you know, pays for it. Like, Oh yeah. really? Wow. Well, we, we, I'm sure you really develop her character and make it so that we really understand why she did that. No, no, she's going to be in one scene. No, she comes, and she's she... going to be like weirdly jealous of his girlfriend. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, like just, we Oh meet my God. Her at the end of the second act and she fixes everything in the middle of the third. Yeah. It's like, he like runs into her at a party and it's clear that they used to have a thing. And then she sees that he's there with like another girl and she's like a little weird about it. And then that's it. That's like her entire character. And then she's like, Oh, here's some knives. The end. Yeah. I mean, so ultimately in a way that I'm very familiar with, because I have been screamed at publicly in a kitchen and, and all that stuff. Um, in a way that is very personal to me, this movie basically says, Hey, are you a massive piece of shit? But like, are you a man? That's a massive piece of shit. Be a little bit less of a piece of shit and everybody will fucking applaud you. We will make movies about you. <laughs> if you just become a little bit less of a massive yeah. piece of shit. It's just don't like push people. Yeah. And it's, you know what? It's fine. And also 
cut people in line at family dinner. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that bothered me. So, much. Why did they so do there's that? this whole there's this whole plot point. There's this whole plot point. Where family dinner is this thing that happens in restaurants where like before service starts, like everybody who's like working in the kitchen will like make a dish and then they have like a potluck dinner like every night. It's like a thing. Did I explain that right? Yeah, I family just meal. Yeah, did that part. No, that's exactly yeah. right. Um, and so, but Bradley Cooper the whole time won't come to family meal. Like it's like this whole, and they keep being like, Hey, do you want to come to family meal? And there's always like, no, and he like hides in the office. So at the end of the movie, like fucking Ebenezer Scrooge showing up the Cratchits, like he fucking, <laughs> he, he like comes to family meal and that's how you know that he's finally redeemed and he thinks of everybody like, and he's like being nice to people, but he like gets a plate and he immediately cuts the line. <laughs> there's like a whole like, line. There's a whole line. They established that there's a line too. It's like happened before where you yeah. see everybody line there's up like and a they whole all thing. Through. And so he cuts in the line and then he immediately goes and sits at the head of the table like, you're welcome. Right. And it's just like the self-importance and just like, I don't understand like what message, because it, it really is just like this this toxic glorification of like, if you're obsessive about something enough and if you you are shitty enough, it'll pay off. Because, like, and it's just... Well, like, it, he, he does... The whole thing... and. I think what the, one of those reasons the movie gets me so worked up is because he has a lot of the same privilege that I do. Yeah. Um, so like, I think that's probably a large, another big reason. Um, but a lot of the really shitty, so the whole movie is just this guy's fucking privilege. Um, but a lot of the movie is him doing shitty things that not only are like not addressed, they're not even fucking plot points. Yeah. Like he convinces, um, Helan who works for him. So power dynamic immediately who works for him. Um, he says, do you have a pretty dress? And she's like, yeah. And he goes like, I need you to come to this soon. And she does. Um, who goes to this smoozy boozy fucking party where she knows nobody. She's going as a pure favor to him. Um, and I just also point out on one point on their way in, uh, he says it would help if you pretended to be my girlfriend. Um, and, uh, uh, she said something and he said, if you were really my girlfriend, they'll know you weren't really my girlfriend because we didn't get in a fight on the, in the car on the way over. It was like, oh, okay. So you have no idea what a healthy relationship is like <laughs> Jesus, which poor you, but you know, don't hurt other people. Um, anyways, they go to this party. Um, he sees Lynn, I believe was the character's name, who was the daughter of the old chef that he worked for, yeah. who paid his debts later. Yeah, Deus Ex. Um, Lynn, Linnea. Or I don't know. Not, not to get too Titus about it, but, um, oh, Lavinia is her name. Damn it. Whatever. <laughs> it, was, it was close to a Shakespeare it was, joke. It was, um, that was really close. So he sees her and kind of gets shaken up and then leaves. Yeah. Just without bounces. like he's a, the only reason she knew that he left is because she happened to see him from across the room yeah. so he ditches, ditches her, at, this her party. at a party that he made her go to <laughs> she has a fucking kid at home yeah. she has a kid she at home a, she had to pay for a fucking babysitter right like and come he just on. ditches her there and and the next scene is him looking all sad he's in his stolen tuxedo but he's at like the fish market so he yeah, gets the good sad. fish and she shows up there they, it's five in the morning they establish what time it is and she's like, you know, she gives him like a, hey, I thought I'd find you here kind of thing. And Great. then they have like a nice moment. It's like, dude. No. It wasn't even a thing in the movie, which again, the writers didn't, they knew that the audience would excuse this man from doing that. Yeah. Like they knew they would just be like, oh, but he's still the protagonist. So yeah. whatever. But like the moment she throws a plate, there's a whole conversation oh about like, what's what going jerk, on with what her? A bitch. Oh like, my gosh. Ugh. Fuck. <laughs> the moral of the story is like, Hey, are you a toxic man? That's fine. Yeah, in fact, fine. you'll be really successful. But if you're a little bit less shitty, we'll make movies about yeah. you. Also, like if you're a toxic Fuck. man who is talented and good at stuff, any behavior is excusable. Right. That's, I think, the part that made me the most mad. Yeah. Because it's like I was thinking about 
because it is always movies like it's like it's like oh it's a it's a it's a chef you know the bear this movie whatever it's it's um what's the fucking rushing dragging movie rushing dragging oh whiplash whiplash like it's always like musicians and chefs like those like really top level sort of like movies about performance it's always just like it's okay to be a complete fucking asshole if you're talented yeah well well, i mean this is hot take here but like people who work at that your battery's low on your battery's low oh no no um people who work at like really in really high level things like um really high level musicians high level cooks um think that they're contributing to the larger cause of preserving this art form yeah which is not untrue it is absolutely true um but they think in service of that they have carte blanche to do treat people however they want do whatever they want so long as they're serving the greater goal of advancing the art firm and maintaining the techniques um which is fucking dumb because my big thing is you don't have to do that in order to advance the art form and maintain those techniques. You can have ridiculously high standards and keep at people to them without being a massive piece of yeah. shit. You know who's not a massive piece of shit? Who? Yo-Yo Ma. Right? Really nice. Right? Really nice. Like, historically nice. Everybody talks about how nice Yo-Yo Ma is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, some of the chefs that I, some of the best chefs I ever worked for, like, they had really exacting standards. They would yeah. tell me when when what I did wasn't good enough. But, but they never punched you. They didn't punch me or scream at me. But well, one of them did. But yeah, the ones I that was a big moment. I was like, OK, I like this, but not this part. of it. No, <laughs> fucking thank you. Um, but that's what really bothers me is they think that because they're doing this greater good thing. But ultimately. I, I, there's there's a scene where so Bradley Cooper's like in therapy, it's like a sort of like a um, <laughs> the world's most irresponsible therapist yeah, right. <laughs> like hey so i was talking with your my client uh and here's what he talked about what do you he talked about you he's in love with you <laughs> just, like, just so you know Jesus, what what like, can't do that it seems illegal no. um but she she presses him like so the whole the whole point of this movie his whole motivation is to get his third michelin star he's gotten two michelin stars before he wants to get his third um and she says like okay you get your third michelin star what happens then? Like what next? Yeah. And he goes like immortality, but he, he says these like lofty, dumb things. Yeah. He's, he's like, doesn't have an answer. So he's just like a sarcastic asshole. Yeah. About it. And like, that's it. Like a lot. And this is my little hot take here, but a lot of people who work in those really high level environments, those people don't know who the fuck they are. They, so they've externalized their measurements of their worth. My measurements, his measurement is, was the Michelin stars. The whole thing was anything I do in service of getting the three motion stars is enough. But once you get those, you realize what the fuck am I doing? Do I enjoy this? Is that, do I enjoy my actual days? Like what a lot of the really, they don't really know themselves or what they want. They just know that their whole lives, they've been pursuing this one goal. And when they get there, it's like, what the fuck do I do now? <laughs> yeah. Know? Cause it's never, it, it'll never, it's never going to be fulfilling. I mean, it'd be cool, but like, I don't know. That's why I like the movie chef with, um, John Favreau. Oh, yeah. I don't really like it as a movie, honestly. It it was kind of boring to me. It felt um, like it should have been like a Netflix show. Yeah, like, you it know, it should have been, nice been like a cute show. like miniseries. Yeah. Um. But the moral of the story is he's this high level chef, toxic in a lot of ways. But he eventually realizes, like, wait a minute, what I really care about is making other people happy with my food and my family and stuff. And so he like gets a food truck, and it's about him like shedding all of that, and it's earned. Um. You know, he's still. It's not. It's still. 
I'm not saying I completely sign off the movie chef, but if you're going to have a movie where the main character is an abusive chef, that's where I'd go with it. Anyways, I ranted for no, that's that okay. a really ranty episode. <laughs> we didn't even get to talk about Tony. Oh, yeah. I'm still mad. I'm you still want to talk about Tony? I feel like we're way over time. We are. We're at like that's 35, fine. I think. Okay. So like really quick. Well, no, actually, you know what? Just oh, we're listen. At 40. <laughs> just listen to the rant along. We'll, we'll drop a rant yeah, along we'll drop on the Patreon. Rant along. Let's watch. We'll watch the movie. We'll drop a rant along. Yeah. God, that means we have to watch it again, though. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, also, I just this is for you, um, dear listeners. Um, we just found out on Anchor, uh, which is the thing that we use to host our podcast. It's the thing that there's the ad for before this. Um there's a way that you can like basically you can have like paid only episodes. Um, and so we were thinking rather than like trying to yell at you all to get to, you know, go to our Patreon, we could just make more episodes and just post them here um, that if you're a subscriber, you can see them. So rather than having to like go somewhere else, it's just right here. So we might if we can figure out how that works, we might be doing that in the future. Um, uh-huh. We're not going to like. Don't worry, you'll still be getting this same amount of stuff. It's just the extra stuff. Bonuses. The bonus There's stuff. not like a separate website. Exactly. Um, also, secondary reminder. I think I brought this up on Tuesday, but I don't remember. Um, we are currently uh, sitting at about 300 reviews on iTunes, and I would be so happy if we were sitting at 500. It makes a big difference for us in terms of advertisers and sponsorships and that kind of thing. Um, And it's really easy and it's really free for you to do. And I know how many people listen to this podcast every week. Uh, And it sure is more than 500. So if 200 of you out there you could be one of today's lucky 200. Click those little buttons. Who goes to Apple iTunes and or pod, whatever the fuck it's called. I don't even know what it's called. But you should go to that place that I don't know what it's called and you should leave us a review. <laughs> well, Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Apple Podcasts that's yeah. You um, can also, if you wanted, I'm just saying it would be really funny and cool if we were the first podcast to have um, the entire B-movie script written out in our review section. Just saying. <laughs> We'd be the only one. Just saying. Shout out to Barber from Questcraft, by the way, who typed, uh, who made a library in Minecraft that contains, who he hand typed the entire Shrek 2, uh, or Shrek the Third script. I That's think, incredible. In Minecraft. I would not hand be mad if you wanted to comment the B movie script. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but also just a reminder right now we do still have the patreon um so if you would like to become a member of the patreon and get more quality podcasts like us bitching about a movie where bradley cooper is a chef and which is a lot to do with adhd if you think about it yeah i'm not gonna explain how though i'm gonna let you make that make that leap (laughs) um feel free to head on over it's patreon.com slash infinite quest we have a bunch of different levels um and as we move into 2023 um we are going to start sort of like reconfiguring how we do content don't worry there's still going to be an infinite quest don't worry you're still going to get podcasts and stuff um but we are hoping to sort of well monetize in a way that is a little bit more sustainable yeah so we'll uh when we come back in january we're not taking are we taking a break next week what are we doing um it's christmas is it christmas next week a week after that we're taking a break christmas week christmas week. well we might just we can also just record for the week before yeah that'd be fine we'll Um, figure something out maybe we'll give you a little christmas the christmas miracle podcast indeed um but as we move forward into 2023 um we would really love it if you would consider joining the patreon and if you're already are a patreon subscriber maybe consider bumping up a level you know like we really appreciate it we really appreciate what we've got but if you're like hey man 
tis the season. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna do that. We sure would be grateful. But if you're like, hey man, it's the holiday season and my pockets is uh, empty, I'm turning them inside out and walking around looking sad. Little, That's little, you know tumbleweeds come out or whatever. Tumbleweeds coming out of your pockets. That's okay too. We sure have been there. Um so we totally I understand. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, right? Um there's never any expectation or pressure in any way. Um but if you are if you're a pockets turned inside out type of person right now, um feel free to share our podcast around. Feel free to let people know. Make a TikTok about us. Make a tweet about us. Make a Tumblr. Is is it just called a Tumblr? No, a Tumblr here's what you're, you're going to goddamn do. You're going to get your pilot's license, right? You're gonna get yourself a biplane, a nice red one, you know, classic. You're going to get a big fucking banner. It's going to say, listen to Infinite Quest, and you're going to fly it above elementary schools. Why elementary schools? Because people will notice. I'm supposed to be turned then you're on gonna get or a not. giant ape to climb the Empire State Building and swat at you as you run circles around. <laughs> Twas beauty killed the beast. So anyway, from all of us here at Infinite Quest, remember to eat a snack. Remember to drink Fuck some water. Me. Remember to take your meds. Remember to be kind to yourself. Remember to be kind to others. Remember to be patient with yourself this holiday season. And remember that we love you and also Bailey loves you. She said so. She's Bailey's standing looking right at here. me like she, she is says, seriously worried about me. Yeah, she's Bailey's like, really concerned. That? She's never heard she's never heard Uncle Eric do that Bailey. before. It was a bit. Uh but thanks so you all so much for listening and we will see you next week. Paint Infinite Quest on your dog. <laughs> Send us pictures and tag us. Hashtag infinite quest. With dog safe markers. New 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 new